Hola, bienvenida a Step Into Mondays. Me llamo Sandrine. Hola, me llamo Krista. I did it right, right? Um, it should be bienvenidos because oh, bienvenidos. It's, yeah, plural. But, oh, yeah, but that's okay because you are baby. sorry if you're not female, you're not, you're not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, you we could just say you were welcoming. Oh, well, yes, welcome, Krista. <laughs> nice of you to join me today. <laughs> see it works no but generally yeah for an entire group bienvenidos but it's all good well, it's all good i'm impressed with your spanish you, you, you're trying to keep up with your spanish that's fantastical yeah i mean it's sad to say that at one point my proficiency was intermediate if not advanced well even advanced mm-hmm. not even intermediate was definitely advanced if not higher than that and I managed to completely lose it. Well, you know, I think that actually is kind of a great segue into kind of what we're talking about today, which is, you know, professional development and reflection on our, our teaching and student learning and everything, because you have to, to keep practicing, you have to stay current um, in order to keep your skills up. And uh yeah. You know, and that's kind of the skill that we we really wanted to talk about today um, to help with teaching is reflection. Mm -hmm. Yes, reflection is a big one. We can reflect on our own lives, but reflecting on our teaching. Yes. And it's funny because I guess it is part of a reflection. You know how we always tell, especially beginning teachers, record yourself teaching right? Mm-hmm. You have to film yourself while you're teaching. And people say, yeah, but I don't like to see myself. It's like, it doesn't matter. You have to film yourself so you can see things that you're doing that you don't necessarily know that you're doing. Right? Exactly. Or when people say, oh, I use 90% target language. And we're like, okay, record yourself and see. And then they go, oh my God, I thought I did, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And recently I saw something, I guess it was on Twitter, somebody talking about how, especially with Zoom meetings and whatnot, it automatically records it for you, which is fabulous because then you can go back and rewatch it and see some of the stuff that you're doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it kind of reminds me of when you, um, you and I started this podcast and we didn't realize how often, what was it we were saying? Um, or, um, um, and you know, and we still say it a lot. I just cut it a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. You don't realize how often you say those things, you know? And so so listening to yourself, you think, Oh my goodness, I need to stop that. Um, So yeah, definitely. It is very uncomfortable. But the thing you have to realize if you're going to video yourself or record yourself, it's only for you. You don't have to show it to anybody. Yes, it's exactly for you. And why are we so judgmental on ourselves? We look at ourselves and then we go, Oh my gosh, look at my hair. Oh my gosh, why was I wearing that? I'm so fat. I'm so this. And what's wrong with that on me? 
Why do we do that? I know. I think it's just human nature, I think, to be harder on ourselves than we are on other people. I guess. Yeah. If you're going to record yourself, maybe go back and listen to the Cut Yourself Some Slack episode (laughs) before you watch it. (laughs) So you'll remember. So you'll remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all right. I need to, I need to just chill a little bit about this, but um, yeah, you and I've been. At some point we have to remember other people don't perceive us the way we perceive ourselves. So if that person was somebody else and we were to watch that person, we would not be that critical of them. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I had to definitely learn that. I mean, listening to yourself, that's even worse than watching yourself. Oh, I know. And mm-hmm. when I started editing the podcast, I was cringing so much. Every time I opened my mouth, I was like, oh, my God, there I go again. I sound like a fool. My accent is horrible. Oh, you can really hear the French in this. Oh, I definitely butchered that. <laughs> and I've had to kind of let go and go, this is the way I speak. And, and you- I'm able to communicate with people. And I'm just going to keep it there. Look, woman, your English is excellent and you know it. I mean, you have a great grasp of idioms. I mean, if I were to go to France, I could not use idioms the way you do in English. So you need to, yeah, cut yourself some slack there. Okay. I would uh, well, never, look, I would never <laughs> in a million years try to do a podcast in French. So Ooh, that you know. be our next challenge. Oh, but, you're so well. <laughs> You're so full of it. No. <laughs> so yeah. it. You do it in French, I do it in Spanish. That podcast would last two episodes and would be done. <laughs> I don't even know if we'd make it through one. Jake, what are you talking about? <laughs> Let's get back. We've been talking, um, you and I, about um, our semester is over. So sorry for those of you who are still teaching. It's not. And yeah. And so I've been ta- thinking and, you know, I just got my student evaluations and you've been getting some of your student evaluations in. And so, you know, we've been kind of reflecting on our year and we thought, man, we should probably talk about this with with other teachers because reflection is such a huge part. And but the nice thing about being a reflective teacher now, I teach um, methods. And so we're those students are always writing reflections. And in my methods class, when I said, Oh, my Lord, please don't tell me we have to write reflections. I'm so sick of reflections. We're going to have to reflect on reflecting. I mean, they get really tired of it, but we want it to become a habit. So at least you and I don't have to sit down and write out everything. I mean, sometimes it's not a bad thing to do, but we don't have to be so formal about it, but we can certainly reflect on student comments and on how we think the semester went, the course went. And in preparing for this, I actually, and I sent you the links to some rubrics and there are lots of rubrics out there, but I honestly felt like they were so detailed and just, you know, one of them would focus on your classroom community and one was focused on just very, very specific aspects of teaching. And if you're interested in that, you can always email us at stepintomondays um, at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you those rubrics. But honestly, there's just three questions that you need to ask yourself. And I, you know, that was overwhelming to me. You send that to me Mm -hmm. and I looked at it. 
was like, what am I looking at? What the crap? Like, where do I start with? For a moment, I was confused as to what I was looking at. I was like, I have yeah. the wrong leg. It has nothing to do with reflection. So yeah. yeah, that was a little bit much. Yeah. So it really can be, it doesn't have to be complicated. The first thing you always want to do is start out with what went well. So, you know, in thinking about our classes, let's talk a little bit about what went well with our classes this semester? Mm, I mean, because yeah. it was because it was a very odd semester, <laughs> to say the least. Odd is a very mild word for well, the semester that we had, but yes. yeah. So what well? So what went well in your semester? Well, I got my um, student um, evaluations, and um, what was interesting to me is that my um, I do. I teach online, fully online asynchronous courses as well as, you know, face-to-face courses. Mm-hmm. And in the past, my online evaluations have always been lower than my face-to-face. Well, this time, my online evaluations were actually higher and I got some very encouraging comments. So I would have been trying to establish more of a presence in my online classes. And that's tough. It, it takes time. It's very Um, difficult, but I was going to say, do you think maybe, because really the face-to-face was only face-to-face for half of the semester, the other half was a hot mess that you tried to fix, right, with Zoom meetings and having this and having that, so that maybe that skewed a little bit. I do, well, there's several things that skewed it. First of all, there was only four students who responded. That's very low response rate. Um, yes. And then the, and, and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that they were horrible, horrible. I'm not saying that at all. It was just not, I normally, you know, I'm like 4.8, 4.9 out of five. So it mm-hmm. was lower than that, but it was only four students out of, you know, 25 who responded, which is an extremely low response rate. So you have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the comments was very engaging, very energetic. I was never bored in this class, you know, and so it was a great comment. The other comment <laughs> was, I don't know why we had to use such an expensive text, but why couldn't we use some free apps like Duolingo to help us learn Spanish? And I thought, <laughs> wow, okay. So you kind of actually have, I know, go ahead and giggle it out, right? And I'm sure all of our yeah. listeners are, yeah, roll your eyes with us, okay? Um, and I thought this, this kid has totally missed the point. I mean, if you want to learn Spanish with Duolingo, be my guest, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't but, expect it to count as your elective in your course of humanities, but at the same time, yeah, don't expect to speak Spanish when you're getting out of it, unless you've spent hundreds of thousands of hours on Duolingo. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, so, you know, I've kind of disregarded that as far as the face to face goes. And so I really don't know that I can reflect too much on that because yeah, the second half of the semester we were doing zoom and I was trying to lighten the workload and be understanding about late work. And I mean, it was just a chaotic mess. But um, you could look at it with, because as, I, as you were asking me, asking that, we're talking about it, I was thinking about my end and my semester is now finishing. My students are finishing finals this afternoon and then I still have to post grades. So I don't know when I'm getting my evaluations from the course. I never said anything to my students about them happening because I thought it's a mess of a semester. They told us we didn't have to push them. So I'm not pushing any of it. So I don't know what I get, but on their final exam, I put them a question 
which I'm going to change because I think it's not quite what I need it to be. And I forgot to tell them to be detailed. So I got very short answers, but I asked them three things they learned and two things that they really enjoyed in this class this semester. Mm -hmm. I had various answers pretty much by far and large on three things they learned. They were like, oh, I used to to use the uh, learn to use the future and the past tense and to describe whatever thing it was. Mm-hmm. or to talk about whatever. So they really stayed with the main elements of the class as far as what they learned. What they enjoyed is the part that's telling me a little bit more. And that's what you were referring to earlier, where I had one student who said that he enjoyed our Zoom meetings to mm-hmm. keep staying connected. Mm-hmm. And so I think reflecting, it was a success that although we had to transfer to ACE or to synchronous, but remote teaching, I was su- successful in keeping the contact with my students, in keeping their trust. Mm-hmm. As far as if they needed me, they knew I was there. And as we did the meetings on Zoom, they felt that it was worth their time. Um, So I think that's something, you know, that I can take back from that and go, okay, yeah, that went well without even having fully their words. But I think that was that was good. I think I was successful in showing them more than just grammar and vocabulary. Well, and I think that speaks to really what we've all learned um i think this semester is that connection is critical mm-hmm. <laughs> um in, yeah. in everything but i've seen so many teachers on twitter especially talking about you know i miss my students and i'm so glad i got to connect with my students today in zoom and so mm-hmm. i think you know the the human connection that we get a lot of times that you know, we, we, we've really, that's been driven home and we need to yeah. remember that when we're teaching. And that mm-hmm. actually is super interesting um, in terms of my online courses, because, right. you know, I've, I've struggled with connection basically with establishing a presence. I mean, you know, there's, there's different kinds. There's like a personal presence, a social presence, logical presence. And I feel like, you know, I've gotten all of those, but maybe not the social aspect so much. And mm-hmm. so I really tried to make sure that I posted more, um, that I stayed in contact more with them. And I think that's why, you know, my evaluations from the students were higher this time was because I really did that. There were several comments about how she was always available. She was willing to help timely responses on questions, you know, because, Mm -hmm. and and, and I mean, it, it took a lot. It was really, really hard in a lot of respects um, as far as that goes, because it is so time consuming. But I was really, you know, pleased with it. Not that I, you know, not that I think student evaluations are the be all end all of everything. I mean, we know from research that student um, student evaluations are biased. I mean, you're going to get a higher evaluation if the student is is going to pat, you know, get a good grade in the class. If you're going to give right. them an A, they're going to have higher. We also, you know, know if they're flunking the class, they're not going to be so nice on their evaluations. We also know that men tend to be rated higher than women. So, you know, we know that there's biases in there, but there are some 
little nuggets that you can pull out there are but that's where i like the so that's a good to me the the evaluation is a good way to reflect as far as what they're telling me and when they're able to make comments and i always tell them be very very detailed you can tell me this was the best class ever great it's going to make me happy this class sucked was the worst thing i've ever done okay, great. I'm not too happy about it, but it's your opinion and I'm going to accept that. But help me either keep doing what I'm doing so it can be keep being great or mm-hmm. help me fix it so it doesn't remain the hot mess that you think that it is. Right. And once I have that information, I can take it, I can think about it and then I can fix it or keep it or mm-hmm. tweak it or whatever I need. So I think that's a good step to start. But on the reflection, I like a little bit more. So asking them questions. So on their final, that's what I've been asking them. I think I'm going to tweak it a little bit. So reflecting on the question, right? Because mm-hmm. in the fall, I asked them to be very detailed and I had a lot more detail into it. This one, that was it. But... I don't know. And I, and I need to think about it, but maybe what were important moments of the class or mm-hmm. what strategies were you using? I think, um, I do think it would be good to ask them about their progression mm-hmm. um, that they feel that they've progressed or not. Although I've had some tell me on their own when we did the oral exam and I talked to them a little bit and some of them, I told them, I said, Oh, you've, you've had a glow up in your language and and some of them are like yeah so I'm I don't know how I'm going to change those questions but I need to tweak them a little bit so that it's got it's a little bit more of a reflection because they thought back but it wasn't a full reflection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I as we were preparing for this I looked up the other day I was looking up uh reflections for teachers reflections for students and I actually have four tabs that I kept open that I thought were very interesting and one I've never heard of that place but it's called book widgets have you ever heard of it Mm-mm. Book, book widgets widgets no uh-huh interactive learning and apparently they've extended the free trial to 60 days in support of coronavirus measures so there you have mm. it but it talks, and this one is how to become a reflective teacher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's talking about it, how learning is not just what students do, but what we need to do. Right. And that reflective teaching is taking a look at what we're doing and think about why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important as well as we're reflecting. So you were saying, yes, what went, what went well? Mm-hmm. And then obviously the offside, what didn't go so well? Exactly. Right? That's, that's the second question I always ask um, my uh, method students. You have to talk about what went well, and then you have to talk about what didn't go so well. And, um, you know, sometimes I think, think that it's a lot easier to look at all the negatives. That's why I like to start with the positives. Yes. Um, you know, you always need to start off with the good. Um, and then, you know, what, what didn't work so well. And I honestly, I think that this semester, that's going to be a hard question to answer because again, it was such a crazy, crazy time. Well, yes and no, because it could be the, 
maybe the delivery of the material didn't go so well. And then there would be the why, because that's the next step, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just looking at it. You're looking at the why of things. So this one asks, why do we do what we're doing? But at the same time, why did things go well? And why did they not go so well? And the tricky part for this semester, I think, is that if it did not go well, it might be completely out of our hands. Right. It might be because our students had other obligations and were not able to join into the Zoom meetings. Right. So that created a thing. Uh, one of my students went back to Australia and failed to mention before she left, or maybe she didn't know it, I don't know, but never communicated with me. She was missing. She was MIA for two weeks. I had no idea what was going on. Eventually, I heard back from her. I did not find out until I did her oral exam and talked to her that apparently the internet went down in Australia and they couldn't really communicate with the outside world or something. Hmm. Or maybe she was just making it up. I don't know. But so maybe that was the problem. Your students couldn't get online, but you didn't know and you could not get in touch with them. Right. Yes. So, and they, and they were very overwhelmed. I know that I had, um, you know, I talked to you several times because I had a particular student who would send me nasty emails and messages and, <laughs> and things. And all. Wait, they were <laughs> doozies too. They I mean, really were. And I was like, all new. <laughs> you know, and I was like, what? I just was reminding you about your assignments, you know? And, 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 and so, uh, you know, that's, that's another benefit of having a great colleague that you can call and go, listen to this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, you know, your first instinct is to, you know, right, 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 right back to them. And you're like, nope, can't do that. Can't do that. And, and whatnot. And so, but then when, you know, I responded in kindness she kind of calmed herself down and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, again, it was, it's the stress of this whole coronavirus situation. And I do, I do sort of get that. Um, one thing I will tell you that did not go well, but it, like you were saying, um, was kind of out of our control, um, is the late work policy. We were asked mm -hmm. to suspend that because we have a policy that we don't accept late work unless you know, you right. have extreme circumstances and you can provide documentation and all of this stuff. And they were like, just, just don't do it. It was extremely frustrating to me because I had, you know, a class of 26 students online. I mean, and it was an online course from the beginning of the semester. It's not one of the ones that had to be switched over. We started right. out online. And that first week after the suspension of the late work policy, only three students completed work. That was very frustrating. The result was the last week of class and finals week, they were all scrambling to get their work in. And so I had to spend 10 and 12 hours a day grading because... Well, and let's point out that these people who waited were not people affected by Corona in the sense of they had to work additional hours or any of that, or just a handful of them. Right. Because after that first week, I sent an email asking them to please let me know if they had a situation, if they were essential employees or whatnot. And I only had four 
in that right. class. Tell me that. So the rest of them just took a vacation. And then, you know, I wound up paying for it by, you know, spending all that time grading. So right. that was, um, that was very frustrating to me. So that re- really reinforced that I got a, I, I reinstated for the summer. I'm teaching an online class this summer and I've got the late work policy, but I told them in our um, live orientation that if, you know, we don't know what the situation with the coronavirus is going to be, if it flares back up, we don't know, but if they are, if they contract the virus or if they're an essential employee and they're struggling, that they can contact me personally about, you know, late work. But in general, I just, I'm not doing that to myself again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the problems because you're, you're, you have to give a little, but then some of them might take advantage. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes tricky. It becomes very tricky. Yeah, it really um, does. To do, I'm trying to think of, Thing. I mean, I will say well, the- things might not have gone necessarily the way I wanted throughout mm-hmm. the semester. Uh, part of it has to do with the textbook that we use that I absolutely despise. Right. Because it jumps around. I mean, talk about the definition of ADHD is that textbook. Even the students who don't notice anything have said it before I noticed <laughs> I said anything. They're like, it feels like we're jumping and skipping around. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah, because you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I remember when you showed it to me, I'm like, wait, I don't see how this fits with that. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely bananas. I know, I, I sent mean... you a whole chapter where it had all of the stuff we're talking about. I said, how do I put it together? And you, you kind of, yeah, your response was pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty on point. I mean, yeah, that was so. Just, yeah, what I ended see. up doing is looking, basically making a list of the themes that we're encountering, the grammar points that are covered in that, and then recreating units on my own to make it better, to make it a little bit friendlier, to make it more on in context, um, and where there's a better flow. And I think that's the part I need to keep working on. Mm-hmm. So that was just my first year using the textbook. So I do think that needs to be reworked. That was not completely. And then, of course, it didn't help that we had almost a week where we chant, we skipped. So I ended up never talking about social media or the ways we communicate with people. And that's all the vocab. That's it. After that, we never do anything else. So I had a social media unit that I had done that covered basically all of that, how we're communicating with people and then went into YouTube a little bit more, have them discover some YouTubers, all of this. And a lot of that I didn't cover this semester. So, yeah, so I do think that's one thing that didn't go super well that I need to review and change and think back how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something else I think that I want to do is have my students themselves do more self-reflection. Right. Well, see, I think that, you know, we had the question, what went well? what didn't go well. And then the third question is what would we do differently? Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of where you are. Um, One other thing that before we get to that, that I wanted to say as far as my courses that I was not real happy with is I don't feel like there's enough. I think one Oh one, I, it, 
is a lot better. But my 102 and 201 online courses, the second and third semester, I don't have enough interactive activities and videos in that course. It's still too textbooky. And so I really want to to um, to work on that because I think it's just too focused on the textbook in those. So that has not gone well for me as far as that goes. And so that kind of leads into the, yeah, what would we do differently? So those are the three questions that teachers need to ask. What went well? What didn't go well? And what would you do differently? So you want your students to be more self-reflective. Yeah. And uh, before <laughs> before we jump into that, um, these are reflection questions that are great for the end of the term. So whatever okay. the term is, whether it's a grading period, whether it's a unit, whether it's a year, sometimes, whatever it is. Well, sometimes it's it's after a class. Because, well, and know, that's sometimes... what I was going to say, you, but it needs to be happening often, not just mm-hmm. the end of the academic year or just the end of the semester. It needs to happen more often. Yes, you're absolutely right. Sometimes, honestly, sometimes it happens to me during class. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, okay, I thought this activity was fabulous and it's falling flat. So a lot of times I just stop and I say, okay, guys, I thought this was so cool. Apparently you think it's lame. Talk to me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. tell me. And and I just, you know, and I do switch from the target language to English in 101. And it's amazing sometimes the students will be like, well, you know, I think if you'd asked us to do this, it would make it all the difference. And I'm like, really? So I'll try that with the next class and it goes beautifully. And I'm right. like, wow, that's awesome. Other times they go, no, Dr. Chambliss, this is really lame. You know, let's just cut it. And I'm like, well, already there goes, you know, showing my age, how lame I am. Okay. And that does a couple of things actually, because it, it shows that I'm human, mm-hmm. which they respect, but it also shows that I care about their opinion and I care that they're interested and engaged. Right. And, and I think that makes a huge difference too. the students are like, wow, she really wants us to get this and she wants us to like this. And we're obviously not. (laughs) Yeah. So she wants to figure out what we're, and I think that makes a really huge difference to the students sometimes because mm-hmm. they encounter teachers so often who are like, well, this is the way I've done it. This is the way I've always done it and like it they, or lump it. Unfortunately, they do. They, they encountered way too much of that. And um, definitely being able to have a conversation. I always tell mine, it's a democracy up to a point. Some things I have no control over and you're just going right. to have to go with. I have to give you mm-hmm. great we have to do some testing. Some of it I can pick what it is. Other I cannot. Uh, right. Love it or hate it. We still have to deal with it to a certain point. So these are things we can't do anything. But then there are others we can discuss and we t- can talk about. And right. As I was looking through, you know, doing my research for this, like what or some good questions, kind of put my thought into focus. Um, Georgetown University, I stumbled onto their website, the Teaching Commons, and apparently it's part of new faculty FAQs, which I think is pretty interesting. They have a whole thing on designing a course and teaching a course, and it has a whole 
article on reflection in the classroom. They start with a paraphrase, which I'm just going to quote because I don't know what the original quote is and I don't want to paraphrase the paraphrase, but from the philosopher Edmund Burke, who apparently once said, learning without reflection is like eating without digestion. Oh, interesting. Isn't it? And I read that and oh my gosh, they are right. We can eat, but if we don't digest, then we're not getting the nutrients. We're not getting anything out of that. So it's kind of the same way with learning. We can put it in one ear out the other, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And then nothing happens, but reflection forces the, the students to pause and then they talk about the benefits, the opportunities, how they even go into the grading reflection. It's a great article. I actually need to bookmark all of this um, and put, and I might try to put it in the episode notes if I figure out how to do that, if it lets me do it. But, you know, and it talks about that it, it makes the learning more meaningful. And mm-hmm. I think teaching, it also makes it more meaningful. Yes. As yeah. go. And so, and I was thinking too, you know, showers are a great place to think. Um, and as I was thinking about it the last few days, I, I thought about in the, that book that we've um, used so many times, and I'm going to butcher the title, but the learning for um, teaching our students so they'll remember. Teaching, the teaching, teaching so that students will remember. Yes. So in that book, they talk about reflection. And maybe it is journaling about it. But most students, you tell them journaling and they roll their eyes and I quite understand that because they don't know what to write but maybe just asking them questions last semester or in the fall semester I did it a few times but still not enough so that's something I do need to do differently this semester I it kind of got away from me but it's having them reflect on their proficiency levels where they are the can-do statements what they're adding to their list of can-do's and the strategies that they're using in their learning. That's one thing that I want to have, and I want to have it more regu- more regularly. And that's what I started not telling you this morning when we were talking before recording. <laughs> right. And I said, I'm not telling you that because we'll talk about it. But the pushback, right, because I can't do it in class. I only have 50 minutes three times a week, and it goes by in a flash. Mm-hmm. So that means it has to be done in their own time, on their own time. And the pushback with that is that they start saying, well, but then it's too much homework. It's too much work. I'm thinking is to cut down on some of the more grammatical homework that I still have to have them do Mm -hmm. so that then their out of class work is more focused on reflection looking Mm -hmm. at it and they can submit it and it's a credit no credit that way I can see it I can see what they have and then we can track it and then have them do more of the proficiency activities which they've enjoyed I've had several of them on their exams with the things that the activities that they enjoyed several said they enjoyed the proficiency activities Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. one of them shared with you that she said it. She had ne- she'd done some French classes before, but never done that, and it was just like eye opener to her as to everything she could do with the French. 
Right. And that, and I think that's important. Um, you know, I want, um, I think I need to build in more, like you were talking about the reflection I do have in the very beginning, you know, when we do our proficiency module, I do have them, they have a goal setting activity right. where I ask them, okay, what is your goal for this class? Maybe you've never had Spanish before. So your reasonable goal would be to be novice high at the end of the semester. And that's going to take some work. Or maybe you've had Spanish before. And so you're already there and you want to get to the intermediate low. I want them to set goals. But then I also, you know, we have a language learning strategy video. So I want them to choose two strategies that they're really going to try to implement. And, you know, I'm human. I've kind of fallen down on <laughs> some of the things that I wanted to do. And I, I, I have them do that at the beginning and then at the end of the semester. But I think I need to do that more often for them to reflect on their progress. Am I making progress towards that proficiency goal? Am I making, you know, are these language learning strategies working or are they not? And if they're not, maybe I need to scrap those and choose some new ones to really so that they're aware of their own learning, you know, that metacognitive awareness. So I need to do that. But even more on top of that, yes, they need to reflect after, you know, certain activities or certain, you know, if it's a face-to-face class, they need to reflect on that day's learning. What did I get out of that? And I have seen, and you and I've kind of talked about it, um, Flipgrid for reflection. Mm -hmm. You can give them a question and they could just record a couple of minutes on, this is what I got out of class today. Yes. And that's where I'm really liking Seesaw because it goes one step further from Flipgrid is they can write it or draw it or whatnot, and then they can record their train of thought. Ah, So for instance, working with the language in context, but maybe they were working on the preterite or the passé composé. And we've used it and whatnot. And so their reflection is how do you um, communicate with somebody in the past? They can write it down and then they can explain to you what they've done or how they're understanding it. So you have the visual in addition to just the spoken. That's what I like. And then their face is not on there. It's just their voice recording, which Flipgrid, you get to see them, which is kind of fun. So both of those, I think, are great. And it's funny you said that because that's where I was thinking asking them to explain how to do something mm-hmm. is a good way to reflect because then it allows them to reflect on what they understood. Right. So for instance, and you give uh, that has nothing to do with language, but the other day I was walking the dog and I was, let me see if I can say it without butchering his name, Neil deGraff Tyson. Mm-hmm. I was listening to one of his podcasts and they were doing questions and I could not tell you what it was he was talking about. But one of the questions was like, talk about this phenomenon. And so he started explaining it. Right. And it was fascinating hearing him explain it because he took that science thing and brought it down to an everyday life item as to how it works. And so I was telling my family about it. But obviously, my reflection is that in that is that I have no idea what that phenomenon is. And I only grasped half of it because I can only tell you about half of that. (laughs) So if I was learning about that phenomenon, 
One, I'd have to go back and make sure I knew what it's called. But then I would know by trying to explain it to somebody else. Oh, well, I didn't grasp the name of that and I didn't fully grasp how it works or what it does. So that's part of the reflection to explaining to somebody how to do that. And they can record that just like you were saying, maybe what they took of the day or they can record and explain it to you. Or when I, I don't know why I got away from it because I did it at UAB with my students. I would have it either sometimes at the beginning of class, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at the end where one person would explain to one to the other partner something and then the other person had to add another detail to that yeah and they really enjoyed doing it and I don't know why I got away from it so yeah I need to bring it back Mm -hmm. definitely definitely well I think some of the other things that you and I've been talking about trying to add to our courses and it's a process are strategy videos skill strategies Mm -hmm. and we've really been working on that and I'm super excited that we have our um, interpersonal communication strategies videos finished for the first year course the first semester course rather so I feel really good about that kind of came from the fact that in the online courses I realized that I don't give them that like I do in the face-to-face a lot of times there's just pop-up circumstances and I'm like okay wait let's just take a moment here and think about this you know and and they just they kind of occur naturally and they don't in the online environment So, you know, we've got those. So now we're kind of looking at, you know, interpretive reading and interpretive listening strategies, presentational writing. So, you know, we're kind of looking at creating those kind of strategy videos. And what I think is interesting, I'm probably going to wind up including them in my face-to-face classes anyway, because the student reaction has been so positive to them. How can it not be? They're seeing videos where they see me making a fool of myself in Spanish. <laughs> That's true. If nothing else, the entertainment value is priceless. We need to start charging admission for those. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, but you know what? That is what has absolutely resonated with these students. Because again, speaking about reflection, when I started this new program, I mean, I was constantly sending out little short surveys about different aspects of the course. And so when we added the talk abroad component, um, I was like, I need to know what is going on with these students and the anxiety that they experienced before the first conversation with native speaker was tremendous. Now, once they completed it, 90% of those kids were like, man, I would do that again. That was awesome. I can't believe I did that. But I thought I need to ease their anxiety. And you actually did it beautifully because they identified with you. So many of them wrote that, that, oh, it was so nice to see someone who was struggling with the language, like I struggle, because I think so many times we put the native speaker perfect model out there for these kids, and they don't realize that we all struggled when we first started learning a language. And so for them to see you struggle, they're like, oh, I can identify with that. And that's okay. It's okay for her to struggle. And the native speaker, you know, which in this case was me, was so nice. She wasn't mean at all and critical. (laughs) 
you know, and so I think that that really, really, um, you know, just resonated with them. And we got such positive feedback. I think that's why, you know, we've, we're continuing that series. And I think that's the first step um, with that is we have them do it, but then we need to keep going with it as far as having them reflect mm-hmm. on it. So just like when we did the proficiency activities, because you and I, we started on our own, each on our own, and then brought our efforts together where we said we're teaching them about proficiency let's do something that's a little bit better developed Mm -hmm. to talk about Mm -hmm. it but then I came to realize we do that at the beginning of the semester and it comes back a little bit but not exactly we talk maybe about the proficiency level but it doesn't feel to them like it's something coming back so like most of their teaching they commit it for the two weeks that they think they need it and then they forget about it so I've made an effort to bring it back more often so I'll give them an activity and then I'll ask them and I'll say oh so what mode of communication is Mm -hmm. that to have them thinking along those lines or I give them a project and I'll remind them and I said okay this is presentational but it's oral presentational yes you do have a visual to keep me grounded into what's happening but it's oral so your work that's what you're working on or maybe this one is written Mm -hmm. so they have that and then I'll remind them you are doing it on your proficiency level what is your proficiency level what are you able to do or not. So they have to think back about it, but I still need to step it up and bring it back more because then it has them thinking a little bit more. So same thing with the strategies, maybe a little reflective question at the end, like what strategy did you use? How did you use it? Why did you Mm -hmm. do that? Those types of things. Definitely. Then it's not just, oh, I had to watch this video and I filled in that graphic organizer and now I can move on. But where they're seeing it and where they can think, oh, this works for me, but this doesn't work for me. Or, "Uh, well, this has always worked for me, but for some reason with this topic, it Mm -hmm. didn't. Those types Mm -hmm. of things. Well, and, you know, we do have on... um... One of the graphic organizers, we do have what is something that you would like to know more about that was not addressed in the video. So we do have Mm -hmm. that. I think it's on the very first one. And that is kind of where we actually got the idea for how to respond appropriately video because they were like, all I know how to say is BN, BN. (laughs) You know, and they wanted something (laughs) besides that. They wanted, you know, like, so we taught them the whole que interesante or que asco or you know those kinds of things as well so um yeah and you get like I said you get so much input from the students and I think it matters because they have their voice heard absolutely yeah absolutely and 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 it's what they're wanting to know so we have to address you know what they're wanting to know not just what the textbook says we should be teaching. And I I think we also have to be careful when we say reflection, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't all have to be those long winded thoughts. So just like the how explain how to do something that takes a little bit more thought. But I saw one that was um, reflection snowballs. And to a point when I was doing when I was doing my PhD, although I did literature, I did a lot of Pedagogy, pedagogy classes. All right, 
put the stress wherever it goes. <laughs> English is not my first language, in case you didn't know. Dr. Mentero would do that. And I think reflecting back on when he did it, I think when he was starting to get a lag in the class, either because we were tired or because maybe we weren't getting where he wanted, he would have us take a piece of paper and be like, write three terms or three words that you know, reflecting to this topic. Mm -hmm or maybe it was five or however many it was. And then you would pass it to the left and, you know, look at what they have and add so many more. And then you'd pass it on and we did it till we got to like the last person would add one and that mm -hmm. was it. To kind of go through because then it would put terms back in her mind. And the one that I saw where it said about the snowballs, so you have to be careful who you do that with. Some students, it would create mass chaos and it would not work, but others would work beautifully and it would work as a brain break in a way as well, where they write it on a piece of paper, crumple it up, throw it across the room. And then they pick up another one that's been crumpled up, look at it, add something to it, crumple it back or throw it mm. back around. So you get the little bit of the energy and it goes with it. So it could be, if you have a lecture or presentation, a key reflection that they wrote on that or something that stuck right. to them could be a question that they have, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's super quick. Right. And they put it down and off right. you go. Well, and I think, you know, that's something that's important. Um, you were talking about the teaching so that students will remember. It talks about a seven-step process to move information from short-term to long-term memory. And it talks about reflection as a key component. It goes through a lot of different types of activities that you can do for reflection. Um, and yes, some of them can be quick, but your reflection still needs to be intentional. I know that a lot of teachers have what they call exit slips or exit tickets. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of times that's not necessarily reflection. Uh, or it, I think it, it can be, but it depends on how the, the exit slip is designed because so often it's very pointed and it's like, what was such and such? And it's a very, very specific question. And that's not really what you're wanting in a reflection. In a reflection, okay, what did you get out of this? What did you learn? from this rather than asking them a very specific fact-based question from a lecture or something. So you've got to be very careful in your, in how you design and use your exit slips. Um, Cause I think so many mm -hmm. teachers just say, Oh, well I do reflection because we have exit slips every day. Well, yes and no. It depends on what information you're uh, you know, eliciting from them on these exit tickets as to whether it's really reflection. Well, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where you have to look at to the why mm -hmm. you are doing what you're doing. So why are the students doing the exits? Right. Is it just because you want them to write something? Or are you trying to see if they picked up on something, what is the purpose of the why? Mm -hmm. And them, just them listening because they don't pay attention. Let's be honest, as humans, as adults, do we pay attention 100% of the time? Mm -hmm. We don't. No. Somebody's lecturing at us. 
how often are our thoughts moving on to something else that is happening in our life or we're happening to see a fly on the wall and we're focusing on the fly and then we don't know what happened. Or, or it's, it's beautiful weather outside and you're like, oh, look, the sun is shining and I haven't seen the sun in a month. Let me stare at it. Oh, are we in class? <laughs> oh, crappy weather. Oh, look, it looks like it's starting to snow. Is it going to keep snowing? I'm the worst one of that as I'm teaching. I'm like staring at the window. I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm talking to you, but I'm staring out the window. Apologies. So as beings, we do that. So why do we hold our students to higher standards than what we all hold ourselves to? What is the exit slip for beyond to force them to pay attention? Because... And we know learning is done with repetition. So maybe they missed that one key aspect, but they, they heard the other nine that were out right. there. So definitely. So reflection on the reflection a lot of times. Why are we doing it? What is the takeaway? What are we going to do with that? Mm-hmm. And it needs to go beyond the grade. Yes, definitely. Well, and you know, and that's the thing, honestly, with student reflection it just needs to be credit, no credit. I mean, it's not a right or wrong. It's what they got out of the class. And so, <laughs> you know. You just heard my, my big breath intake, right? As you said that. And I thought back of when my child's French teacher, who I will not rename, but anybody who knows me will figure out who it was. And I, I don't want to name names, but oh, well, who... He could have tested on a French one and she could have helped a little bit, but didn't. So he was stuck in French one. My child has heard French all his life. Now, he does not speak it as well as I would like for him to do because he doesn't feel like he has to and I've never forced him to. But put him in a class and he would have done well. So he was stuck in a class where he was bored out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And then all of the students were like, Benjamin, she's French. I don't understand what's happening. What's going on? Right. So he was put in that position. Well, at the end of the year, she had them do a reflection paper where she asked them about her teaching and they had to write a paper about it and submit it to her on via Google Drive. And then she gave them feedback and they had to fix their writing of that. First of all, it's a reflection. Why do they have Mm -hmm. to fix anything out of that writing, Mm -hmm. right? And one thing that he had, he said something about, oh, when this happened or something, it sucked because I was bored or something like that. And she said, you cannot say that. And I saw it because I get his emails and I happened, I was, I got curious and I clicked on it to see what that was about. And so I saw her comment and I said, well, Ben, it's probably, she doesn't want you to use the word suck in a paper mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. high school. And he said, oh, I fixed it because that is not the word that I had beforehand. <laughs> and, and really it was not the word that she was commenting about. It was the intent She disliked the fact that he told her that when she did whatever activity, it was bad for him because he got bored with it or because something or other happened. And then she gave him a grade of 67 Mm. out of 100. Yeah. 
don't ask your students for their opinion to then tell them their opinion is wrong <laughs> and right. give them a bad grade on it. I'm sorry. It's their opinion. Maybe it's hurtful to you. I yeah. get that. Mm -hmm. We don't like to be criticized, but it is their opinion. So if you are asking them for that, I cannot say it strongly enough. It, it's been four years mm -hmm. going on five because he's finishing his freshman year in college. That happened his freshman year in high school. He still talks about it. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that affected him that he was asked for his opinion on the teaching. And when he gave it, was told that, no, he was wrong. And his opinion had no importance and was not worth any kind of a grade. Right. The quality of the writing, unless you cannot understand what they're talking about, in which case, yes, you can ask them, can you fix that? I don't understand what you're saying. Right. The quality of the writing whether you agree or not with the thought does not matter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And that is worth repeating because he talks about it. I mean, on the reflection, also be thinking when you're grading, when you're doing any kind of test, what are you trying to get out of that test? Right. If you're asking the students, what kind of, what kind of information are you trying to elicit out of the students? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and that again goes back to, you know, because so many teachers are like, oh, I can't possibly grade all this stuff. You don't have to grade all the stuff. It's credit, no credit. And if, oh, you, and if you get, look, and if you get too overwhelmed, I mean, you can save their reflections and maybe look at them over the summer or at a different time if you don't have time to look at them right now. Or perhaps if they did really poorly, you need to look at their reflections. Okay, what am I missing here? Because it helps you to become a better teacher. Absolutely. And one thing I found out over the years, and it started when I did creative writing and would ask from feedback, for feedback from people that I did not know. And so they were very honest in their feedback. And I would get feedback and I would go, well, this is stupid. What do they know? And I would put it aside. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and, and I would go through it. And then there was some, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that, yes, I absolutely agree with it. You know, you are great. Well, one thing that I learned to do was to put those, all of those comments to the side and give it a few days and then go back to it mm -hmm. and go what are they really trying to tell me right and if they if they're right you know what am I and try to see it from their point of view and what I found out is that 99 times out of 100 those comments that I wanted to throw out and go with the stupid they don't know any better all of that They were absolutely right. And the reason for my reaction was that it was hurting my feelings, that I didn't see it or that I didn't do better with it. Right. So don't discount a comment because it's hurtful. Now, I've had the one one time where they told me, and it's been a while now, it's probably been six years at least, where she said, well, she doesn't know how to dress. That hurt my feelings because I put some pride into what I wear when I go teaching. But 
I looked at it and I thought, well, coming from a student who was likely wearing Nike tempos and an oversized t-shirt, I don't know how much faith I can put in that. And you were disgruntled, but it has nothing to do with my teaching. Well, right. Well, that's just like the Duolingo comment, right? <laughs> right. Like, okay. That ha- that is absolutely nothing to do with me. It had to do with the fact that they had to buy a rather expensive textbook and they were mad. Right. So, yeah. So you do have to, you absolutely do have to, to look at some of those things and what is within your control and what is, you know, beyond your control. And the other thing with um, reflection, especially asking students opinion, I think that is important is uh, yeah. not looking at who wrote what. Unless there is a need to go back and see, well, why is this student telling me this? And then mm-hmm. you can go back and go, oh, okay, because it was this one. Okay, I now why that would have been important to this person. But yeah, reflection, I think, is important to have. I definitely mm-hmm. need to do a lot more reflection on my semester which we're not completely finished and I'll see if I get the evaluation from the classrooms to help guide me a little bit. But in my reflection, I know I want to be better prepared than what I have. I feel like I have not been as prepared as I could have been going into the semester. There are activities I wanted them to do that I never got around to have them doing Mm -hmm. because once we get into it, we're in that rat race and we don't have the time. I need to work on that, but I need to then reflect a little bit more about it. And that that will influence... Probably what we talk about next week, unless we change our mind, is the goal settings mm-hmm. that we want to fix to ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, take it to hard teachers, um, be reflective talk, and just keep it simple. That's our mantra right now. Keep it simple. Take into account the craziness of the spring semester, but really reflect on, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, and what you want to do differently. Um, And if you have any questions um, or any comments, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at um, stepintomondays at gmail.com. And then to that question, add, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am Ah, I doing it because that's what has always been done? Am I doing it because that's what I've always done? Am I doing it because I just need to give them a grade. So I just need to get that out of my way. Why am I doing it and how can I make it better? To me, that's the next step, but Mm -hmm. you are right. So, okay. So you have our email address and to remind you, you can find us on Anchor, Bricker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and if you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us some five-star ratings. Those will be great. It if helps you, us if progress. You, I was say, if you think we deserve five stars. No, no, no. Just give us five stars either <laughs> way. <laughs> and then drop us an email with some reflection points on <laughs> what we should do better. There you go. <laughs> if you feel so inclined to on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a nice review. So, you know, go for that. It helps a lot into the growing. Make sure you click on subscribe so that in your feed of podcasts and what you're listening to, it will let you know that we have new episodes coming out. 
or make it a habit on Monday afternoons uh, either or Monday mornings on your way to work or wherever you might be going or when you're walking the dog or as you're drinking your coffee, listen to our new episode because it would be out on Mondays new episodes every Monday and then reflect through it the whole week and be ready to repeat on the next Monday. Pues, adios. Hasta luego. 